Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. We've got a very special but also very different episode here for you today on the podcast. We're going to be talking U.S. Open 2023. We're going to be talking best bets and how to win at drafts and pools for the U.S. Open. So if you are looking to make some outright bets, if you are looking to win at you know a, a snake draft or um, an office pool or anything of that nature, uh, then you are in the right place here with this episode. Now, make sure you check out our other previous two episodes uh, on the U.S. Open as well. We did the course preview on Sunday, and then we did the DFS preview, if you're playing FanDuel or DraftKings, on Monday. So um, if you haven't listened to those, go check them out in the podcast feed. Go give them a listen. Um, they will be worth your listen as well. Also, if you are new to the podcast here and you like what you're hearing, please hit that subscribe button. It really does help me out a lot. Please rate and review if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Now, on to today's episode. So um, I do have a friend joining me for this one. This is my good buddy, Zach. Not the same Zach who you may have heard last year on um, the Mock Draft special. This is a different Zach. This Zach, I go golfing with probably once or twice a month. And, you know, whenever we're on the course, we always talk about the PGA Tour, talk about what's going on in the world of golf. And um, we also participate in the same picks pool together every time a major rolls around run by a mutual friend. So um, we are, you know, he's got a lot of knowledge about, you know, golf picking, golf betting, uh, and then how to win at, you know, pools because he's done it. Um, I've done it as well. So, um, you know, we're here to give you guys a lot of information and talk about bets, drafts, and pools, hopefully in a fun and entertaining way since we got two of us on here. Our opinions differ on a good bit of stuff, um, so hopefully it creates some good discussion that you guys can get a lot of um, you know, actionable data off of, and hopefully it can help you guys win your pools and your drafts this week at the U.S. Open. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode, but first a quick word from our friends at Spotify. <laughs> All right, so I'm sitting here with Zach. We're here to talk U.S. Open best bets, uh, as well as drafts and pool strategy. Zach, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me today, Michael. No problem. So let's go ahead and let's get started with the big heavy hitters, the best bets to win. All right? So we know that typically at major championships, the big dogs tend to come out. It, it, this is not a place where just any random scrub is likely to win. So let's start at the top of the betting board and talk about guys we like to win this tournament. So Zach, who's the first guy that you have as a bet to win this tournament? So I went with uh, kind of a unique pick here. Um, you know, I really like Scotty Scheffler for this one, but didn't put him on my list. I really like Patrick Cantlay for this one today, or this weekend anyway. Um, you know, there's Bermuda grass, there's some pretty wide... Uh, fairways this week. He went to UCLA, so I'm excited to kind of see what he does. I know he's kind of a long shot on some list, but today we're going with Patrick Cantlay for uh, for best bet. And he is 17 to one on Fanduel. Yes, 17 yep. to one. 17 to one. So I actually like Cantlay as well. Um, you know, the narrative with Cantlay has been that he doesn't show up in major championships. And that tends to be like what people perceive of him. But if you look at his last four majors, he's actually been deceptively good. Um, he was ninth at the PGA, 14th at the Masters this year. Uh, last year at the Open, he came in eighth. And then last year at the U.S. Open, came in 14th. So top 14 or better in each of his last four majors. He's trending in the right direction. I do kind of like that pick of Patrick Cantlay to win it all. I'm going to go in a different direction, though. So when you look at major championships, right, there's one guy that just shows up every time, it seems like. Like, just every time. It's Brooks Kepka. 
And I think that he's being a little undervalued. Right now on FanDuel, he is 11 to 1, aka plus 1100 to win this tournament. So that's saying that Brooks Kepka has like a 9% chance to win this tournament, right? And you look at Brooks Kepka, if we throw out 2020 because it was COVID, we throw out 2021 and 2022 because he was injured, then Brooks Kepka's won five of the last 14 majors. Now, granted, I did cherry pick those numbers a little bit, but um, even if you include those, that's an extra 13. He's won five out of the last 27 majors. That's over 20% of the last majors. And I just really like what he does at major championships. I think the fact that he plays on live gives us a little less quantifiable numbers. Um, definitely makes it harder for people to kind of wrap their heads around him. But just give me the guy that when he shows up at majors, He's just the best. He's he's been the best player in major championships in the last decade, in my opinion. And, and I just think Brooks kept at eleven to one. I think, quite honestly, it's a steal. What do you think about Brooks? Yeah, I like Brooks a lot. You know what he's doing this year. So he won the PGA Championship, um, and he just looked on fire there. And I kind of want to say that, you know, LACC is going to kind of play the same way as that one did. It's going to be some, like I said earlier, some wide fairways. There's going to mm-hmm. be. The roughs are rough today or this week. They're going to be pretty tall. Very tall, especially close to the greens. You don't want to miss on that. Um, So you just want to hit it straight, hit it far, and just, you know, Burks can do that. So I'm excited to kind of see what he does uh, this weekend as well. I really think from a course management standpoint, he stands out as well. You know, watching what he did at the PGA, he was super conservative when on his approach shots, but he hit what felt like every green. And, you know, if he made his birdie putt, it was great. But if not, he'd have a par putt that he seems to make. It seems like every par putt in major championships, Brooks Kepka always makes them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he shows up when big, uh, big time games. All right. So is there another name at the top of the board that has your eyes, Zach? Yeah. So I really like, you know, this guy won the Masters. He's doing really well this year. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, John Rahm. Mm-hmm. He's also at... 11, um, 11 plus 1100 1100 11, 11, yeah. so um you know i don't really have to say much about him he's just he's just balling this year so john rom is my uh my second pick to for the best bet to win well one thing i like about rom is when you look at this week you know this is the first time that a major championship has been held at la country clubs there's so much that we don't know so it helps to look at stuff that you have that's quantifiable, right, that you know for certain. And one thing we got with Rom is he dominates in California. You know, just this year he won at the American Express. He won at Riviera, which is like a 15-minute drive away from this course. Um, so I really do like those odds for Rom also at 11-1 to 1 as well. Now, one guy we got to talk about. I feel like every golf conversation has been around this guy in the last two months. That's Scotty Scheffler. So, Zach, Scotty Scheffler is currently on FanDuel Sportsbook. He is plus 600. He is 6-1 to one to win this golf tournament. Can you get behind Scotty Scheffler at that number? I mean, how can you not? You know? <laughs> how can you not? At 600, plus 600, 6-1 six odds, the man is dialed this year, and he's been dialed for the past, you know. Probably a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he is just on par with everything else. So excited to see, again, what he does this weekend as well. I mean, the, the thing is with Scheffler is he's been so good tee to green. Um, you look at the last four tournaments he's played, he's gained at least 10 strokes tee to green. That if he just putts average, he's probably going to win. And we're probably just wasting our time talking about anybody else, if we're being honest. Exactly. Um, like he's just been so good in, in every aspect of the game other than the putter that if he just gets an average week with the putter, he's probably going to win this golf tournament. So, I mean, even though those odds are very short – 
I still think Scheffler is a pretty good candidate. And, you know, people, you know, don't really like getting behind favorites at golf tournaments like this because of how wide open it is, how strong the field is. But I really do think Scheffler, even at, you know, six to one, seven to one, wherever you can find him, I, I still think that's going to be a pretty solid bet. I agree. All right. So now let's talk about some long shots, you know, some guys that are maybe further down the board that we might want to take a look at. So this guy, I don't think I would classify as a long shot, but I want to start things off by talking about Jordan Spieth. So just in terms of U.S. Opens, the last time where we had a U.S. Open venue that was like truly unique and truly like a new experience was Chambers Bay back in 2015. You remember what happened there? Mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth won it. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, that was eight years ago. Which seems, two years ago, yeah. Michael, Two years ago. <laughs> so eight years ago, the last time we had a U.S. Open that was like this one, Jordan Spieth won it, right? And typically with Spieth, the driver has been a weak point for him. But if you look at what he's done, he gained about six strokes off the tee at the PGA, gained four strokes off the tee at the Memorial, fifth place finish at the Memorial two weeks ago. Um, I really like where Spieth's game is at, and I think just his overall craftiness and shot-making ability can go a long way this week. I agree, yeah. Spieth is just, um, you know, he's not as dialed as the other guys, but the way that he can you know, make up shots off the tee is phenomenal. So excited to kind of see what he can do and bring to the table this weekend as well. All right. Is there anybody further down the board you have interest in, Zach? So I don't know if you consider this guy a long shot. I think maybe this year or, you know, this tournament, yes, he is. Uh, Cam Young okay. is who I'm going to go with. Big weight guy. Um, <laughs> Little he, local ties. Yeah, yeah, got to, got to. Um, You know, Cam, he's kind of been struggling a little bit, you know, with uh, – the past two tournaments he's been in with the Memorial and PGA Championship, he missed both the cuts on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, last weekend, played at RBC, finished 57th. So just not a top 10 finish in the past, you know, four tournaments he's been in. So finishing 7th at the Masters was probably the best thing we've seen from him. Um, so kind of just, you know, want to see him pick back up at uh you know we saw him at 4800 on FanDuel plus 4800 um on FanDuel today just you know I think he'd be a pretty good long shot for That's, us That's that plus 4800 is a tempting number on Cam It really Young. is especially it, with him You know Cam Young's a guy that he's got one skill that he's the best in the world at that's with the driver and I kind of feel like that's a pretty good price for a guy that you know is going to be elite, elite off the tee. Even though the rest of his game has not been great, you know, if he just happens to find it, then he could be in great shape. I mean, if you think back to the Open Championship last year where he was runner-up, you know, he had back-to-back missed cuts coming into that. He was 60th at the Memorial earlier in the summer. So he doesn't necessarily need great form coming in to give you a good performance now granted the counter argument will be he didn't win the open championship (laughs) you know he came runner up to um cam smith who just putted the lights out but i mean i i do like that upside with a guy who is at that number that has a skill set that we can count on absolutely i I, think he's due for one too i think he's a much better this week a much better bet to win than like a made cut bet or a top 10 bet. I, th- I think if Cam Young shows up, he's going to show up big time. Otherwise, you're just going to know by Thursday night that he doesn't have it. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's look way down the board now. True long shots. So the true long shot that I want to talk about is down here on FanDuel at plus 11,000, AK 110 to 1, and that is Mito Pereira. So, so many times with long shots, you don't really know if they have the actual upside 
to win a golf tournament, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and try to make an argument that Keith Mitchell is going to win, given that I can't remember the last time Keith Mitchell won on tour. But Mito Pereira, just last year at the PGA, he was the leader through 71 holes. So, you know, you can say whatever you want about his decision-making on that last hole, but he has the skill to win a major championship. He showed it that week, and I think he could show it again this week. Now, at the PGA Championship, he was elite in the ball striking categories. He he gained 10.6 strokes tee to green. He lost 2.8 strokes with the putter. So if we get another elite ball striking week out of Mito, which, again, he did at the PGA Championship, um, and he just kind of finds a neutral putter, I I really do think Mito has the upside to win this golf tournament. And don't forget also, he finished third in the last live event, whatever, you know, stock you want to take of that. You know, live doesn't have the deepest fields, but, I mean, the top of the live fields aren't that bad. To come in third, that's not bad. What do you think about Mito, Zach? Mito's different. Um, you know, I actually – we'll get to this one a little later. But uh-huh. I did take him in group five of Max's pool that we uh-huh. are in together. Um, you know, I didn't really care for anybody else in that group. So I think, you know, Mito out of all of them, I I think I could see him, you know, like you said, making a making a splash in this one this weekend. All right, so let's switch it up just a little bit. Instead of talking about bets to win, let's talk about a top 10 bet, all right? So if you had to bet anybody in this field to finish in the top 10, who would it be? Why would you not pick Scotty Scheffler on this right. one? I mean, that's kind of an easy one, isn't it? <clears throat> so easy. I mean, the way that he's been playing this past year and a half, like we talked about earlier, finishing top three in the last two, top two in the – in the uh, PGA Championship, mm-hmm. I mean, the kid is just on fire, and he is dialed in. I think the off the tee is just phenomenal. His approach is just going so well. Um, what do you think? I mean, he's just such an elite player, tee to green. That like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see a scenario in which he like doesn't finish in the top twenty in this tournament, just because of how locked in he's been. The most impressive part to me is you mentioned that third place finish in his last two events. He's just hemorrhaged strokes on on with the putter. In those last two events, the Memorial, he finished third for the tournament, losing eight and a half strokes putting. So the translation there, like the easy math would be if he just was average with the putter, he would have won the tournament by seven shots, which which is wild to think about. Um, So, yeah, I think Scheffler is the easy top 10 bet. Um, The U.S. Open tends to be pretty unpredictable, though. Um, this is the event where we're probably going to see some big names falter a little bit. We're probably going to see some big guys miss the cut. Um, so, Zach, is there anybody like a top name that you think might be a decent bet to miss the cut? You know, I hate to say it. I'm a big fan of what he's been doing on and off the uh, the course this year, especially needing a captain with Lib versus PGA. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go with Rory missing the cut on this one. Interesting. You know, he's been doing well, but he hasn't been doing great on, you know, all cylinders. He's been looking okay. He finished in the top 10 the past three tournaments, but before then, finished 47th at Wells Fargo. Missed Which, the cut. Sorry, go ahead. With, a, with Wells Fargo, that's like a course he owns. Dude. It is like, a course you know, he's, he won, owns. he's won twice at Quail Hollow, and to finish 47th, a little disappointed. Keep going, though. Yeah, I didn't mean to no, interrupt. No, you're good, definitely. <laughs> I mean, he went ahead and missed the cut on both the Masters and the players, so the inconsistency with, the inconsistency with him right now is just faltering his play, and I... I want to hope that I am wrong here, but unfortunately, just the way he's playing, I don't know if I am. Uh, to me, with all the top guys, and, and did we say the odds for this one? Plus, uh, It is plus 330. Plus 330 to miss the cut. So I do think that of all the top guys, Rory's probably the most vulnerable. Right, just because of he, just in this calendar year, he he's missed the cut at two of the five biggest events, the Masters and the Players. And then I think when you look at his stat profile. 
you know, from these recent finishes, seventh at the PGA, seventh at the Memorial, ninth at the Canadian Open, he's had it going with one facet of his game every week, right? Like at the Canadian Open, the Memorial, he was great off the tee. PGA Championship, he was great on approach. Canadian Open, he was great with the putter. Other two, not so much. So like he hasn't really put it all together recently, which, you know, the counter argument would be like, hey, what would happen if he does put it all together? But, you know, it's it's easier for me to make the argument to say, okay, well, what if the one facet that he has cooking, you know, falters a little bit? I, I definitely think out of all the top names, I think he is the most vulnerable to miss the cut. Uh, if I were to pick one guy at the top to miss the cut, I would probably be going with, let me check my notes here. I would probably be going with uh, Patrick Cantlay. I know he was your pick to win, <laughs> um, but you know he is plus three thirty to miss the cut, just like Rory. Um, and to me, with Cantlay, it boils down to his history in major championships, right? Like, like I mentioned earlier, he's just known for being a guy who hasn't really shown up well in the majors. Um, and then you look at his recent finishes; um, they've all been pretty good. But at the Memorial, he did lose three and a half strokes with the putter, and so if the putter runs cold. You know, that's a really quick way, LACC, to find yourself on the wrong end of things. I agree. The one thing that I think Patrick Cantlay has is that he did go to UCLA. And, um, He's got that course is, knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's the course knowledge. We'll see if it pays out, but uh, you could be you could be right there. But um, I do want to see him it's still just, be successful. Yeah, it's kind of that um, <laughs> little fine line of guys like Cantlay and – Maybe you can include Tony Finau in this conversation, Max Homa a little bit as well. Guys who have been a little bit of a disappointment in majors. You know, could this finally be the week that they get it done? Or could it be the week that they just, you know, kind of just fold like, you know, they've kind of done in the past? <laughs> so, you know, we'll see how that goes. All right. So we alluded to this earlier a little bit. But we're going to take a quick breather. And then we're going to talk about drafts and pools for the U.S. Open this week. All right, so let's kick things off by talking about snake draft strategy. So a lot of people, whether it's your family, friends, office pools, or you know whether you're doing it on an app at um, you know DraftKings or FanDuel or Underdog or somewhere like that, a lot of people love to do snake drafts, kind of like a fantasy football league for um, you know these golf tournaments, especially the majors. So Zach, if somebody's doing a snake draft. Um, what are some strategies that they could use to kind of get a leg up on the competition? Yeah, definitely. I would go ahead and research the lesser known. Um, everyone is going to know the top 25, top 20. So um, it's the lower tier guys that are, are going to get you to where you want to be in that draft. Um, so mid to lower tiers, I would definitely think of a guy that I like for this one. Um, I didn't talk about him earlier, but uh, Sahith Tagala. Thigala? Thigala. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's also a Pepperdine guy. So from Los Angeles, yep, yeah. LA Country Club is kind of his backyard too, kind of like Patrick Cantlay. So kind of excited to see what he can do here um, at the tournament this weekend. So we'll just kind of see. But I do like him as a mid level, you know, third to sixth round type. Uh, yeah, depending on how big your draft yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like the Thigo call as well because one thing that when I approach drafts, one thing that I have in mind is. What does the public think of these guys versus what do I think of these guys? And so, um, you know, Thigla, if you look at an odds board or if you look at like DraftKings or FanDuel pricing, you know, he's pretty near like a Joaquin Neiman 
or a Tom Kim or a Keegan Bradley or even like a Bryson DeChambeau or an Adam Scott, uh, where he could give you good value from that pick because, you know, he does bring the local knowledge. Um, he does have the ability to get really hot. Uh, and so he's a guy that, you know, coming from this way down the board could give you a lot of upside to, you know, pick a winner with one of your late round picks in the draft. So another thing I would be an advocate of in drafts is to just have yourself a ranking system. You know, whether it's, you know, something that you make on your own, you know, use from a website for somebody else. But if you just have a rankings in mind and, you know, either stick to it or just kind of know, um, be a little predictive and know what's going to happen. I think that can give you a leg up on everybody, especially because if you're doing, you know, one of these drafts with a more casual fan base, you know, they might be picking guys like, um, you know, maybe a G Matthew Fitzpatrick or a Justin Thomas who, you know, have a little bit of name value because they're major champion winners, but might not, you know, have the best form coming in. So that way, maybe you can kind of let those guys get picked up early and you can get, you know, kind of the more sneaky value plays, like kind of in that same range. I think a Tyrrell Haddon or a Cameron Smith would be a better pick than Fitzpatrick or Justin Thomas. All right. So now kind of staying on the similar logic, um, let's talk about pools. You know, um, pools are kind of similar to drafts. You know, a lot of people do them with the office, with groups of friends. Um, so we're going to talk about one pool that we are in together. Um, but just general strategies for pools, I, I think are important to have as well. Pools work a little bit like DFS, like DraftKings and FanDuel. And so you got to understand where are people likely to pick and how can I be a little bit different to gain a leg up on them? You know, you know, kind of like I alluded to earlier, the public's going to be higher on guys that they know as opposed to names that, you know, maybe haven't won a major championship. Maybe guys that aren't on TV every single week, aren't on the commercials every single week. So um, let's go ahead and talk about one pool that we're in, Zach. And that is run by a mutual friend of ours, Max. Um, and the way Max's pool works, to give you guys the best example of how you can approach picking a pool, we're going to kind of do our picks for Max's pool right here on um, the podcast. So, um, you know, the way Max's pool works is he has six groups of golfers um, and there's 12 golfers. I believe it's 12. Yeah, 12 golfers in each group. Um, sorted by the official world golf ranking. Very simple. You pick one from each group and the top four of your group or top four of your picks get scored. So um, ideally you want to have four guys miss the cut. So Zach, both of us have had varying levels of success in this pool <laughs> over the years. My <laughs> wife has actually had a lot of success. Um, more on that a little bit later. Um, but is there any strategy that you had for Max's pool that could maybe work for more pools? Yeah, so one thing that I will say that we didn't add earlier, which is kind of irrelevant but not really, mm -hmm. is pick try to pick them as early as possible. With Max's tiebreakers, I actually lost one and it broke oh, my yeah. heart. That's right. Depending on depending on how your pool works, you know, time of entry may be a tiebreaker. And that's one that's been one in ours. <laughs> yep. Yep. Finished second to actually Max, Max's sister. Um and it, it hurt bad, but it you know, it was fun. It's always fun. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, with these, you kind of just want to take the best four that you can think of that are going to be, you know, the best play for that weekend. Mm -hmm. And your other two about group five and six are kind of like your your toss ups. Like, can these guys outdo maybe somebody in group one or two if, you know, something happened to Scott and maybe he withdrew or even with what happened with Will Zalitz Horace, if you already put your picks right. in. And he withdraws, like, can one of these guys pick up your team? Yeah, so I like to target in the later groups, 
high upside guys, guys who have shown the ability to play well and win at major championships. So um, let's go ahead and start making the picks. So we're going to go group by group here. I am going to post this in a picture on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Follow me on there if you're not already. Um, I'm going to post the groups in a picture. But, you know, we're going to go over them here on the podcast as well. But I know hearing a lot of names back-to-back could probably be a little overwhelming. So uh, if you want the visual reference, go ahead and go check that out on Twitter, at Mike's Money Picks. So group one is the top 12 golfers in the OWGR. Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory, Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Max Homa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, and Brooks Kepka. So, Zach, kind of thinking about what we were talking about earlier, you know, the popular picks in this group, I see being four guys. Scotty Scheffler, Rom, McElroy, and Kepka. Do you agree? I agree. Um, I, I think that if you want to pick one of those four guys, who are obviously, in my opinion, the four best this week, um, you're going to have to get different elsewhere in your lineup, but, you know, to kind of create that advantage on somebody else. So are you taking one of those four top guys, or are you going to try to be a little different? No, um, with my group one, you gotta you gotta be consistent. You gotta, you know, take who you think's gonna be the top dog here. And I'm gonna go with Scotty Shuffler myself for for group one. Very week. very solid pick. All the reasons we talked about earlier, he's been great. Um, the only fast of his game that hasn't been firing on all cylinders is the putter, which is probably the easiest one to flip on a tournament's notice. So uh, I do like to call Scheffler. I think I'm gonna go Brooks Kepka. Um, kind of what I was talking about earlier. Um, I really think that Brooks just shows up in the majors. He's, he's the king of major championships right now. Uh, and I'm willing to kind of, you know, make my bet on that for Brooks Kepka. Um, I do think that if you did want to be a little bit different in here, I think that Spieth is a sneaky, sneaky pick. Um, but I do think that a lot of people are going to go with those big four, Chef, Ron McIlroy, and Kepka, And I think I can get different elsewhere. So, Let's start that off. So let's talk about group two now. So group two, golfers 12 through 24. Hatton, Burns, Thomas, Young, Morikawa, M. Kitayama, Fleetwood, Tom Kim, Jason Day, Keegan Bradley, Justin Rose. Um, So this one, this group's kind of a mess. If I'm being it, honest. It's all over the place. Um, I, I really, I'll give Max credit when he when he picked the groups for this pool. Um, it really cuts off sharply after group one. I, I think you know Kepka being the last guy in group one. If Kepka was in group two, everybody's going to be picking Kepka. Now with with the guys that are in here, this is very wide open. Um, so where were you leaning for group two, Zach? Honestly, um, he's he's not the best, but he is kind of fun to watch. His mannerisms are always, you know. Angry at himself. I know for, exactly where you're yeah, going with this. He's just a funny guy to watch, and I really like him. I'm going to go with uh, Tyrell Hatton here. Yeah, as soon as you said angry, there's only <laughs> one guy on planet Earth that could have been talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I do like Tyrell Hatton for this. You look at his recent finishes, he's been in the top 15 in his last five tournaments. Um, you know, he's just playing some really good golf right now. I think he is probably um, the class of this group. However, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to go a little bit high risk, high reward. I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. Um, so Morikawa is coming off of the shocking withdrawal before round four at the Memorial, which um, you know really surprised a lot of people. Um, but I think when you look at what LACC is going to ask the golfers, 
Um, distance is not going to be a prerequisite for winning here. Uh, and Morikawa, he's not long off the tee, you know, kind of to his own detriment in some tournaments. Um, but I think with distance not being a determining factor, uh, give me the guy who's going to be elite with his irons, who's going to hit a lot of greens. And, you know, maybe he has the potential to get hot with the putter like he did um, at um, TPC Harding Park a few years ago. I think he's a good guy to pick at California courses. All right. So that was group two. Group three, I actually kind of like group three a little more than group two, if I'm being honest. Um, group three, Matsuyama, Lowry, Figula, Connors, Henley, Siwoo Kim, Wyndham Clark, Sepp Straka, Denny McCarthy, Tom Hoagie, Joaquin Neiman, Adam Scott. All right, so Zach, where were you leaning for group three? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the guy that I spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. um, about kind of being a mid to late round pick. I'm going to go with uh, Sahith here. Again, he's an L.A. guy. I'm excited to see what he can do this weekend and um, excited to kind of see if he can bounce back from what he's uh, been doing recently. But I think uh, I think he'd be a solid group three pick for this one. I like that one as well. I, I think he will accomplish the whole being different idea as well. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be the popular pick from this group. I see the popular picks from this group being Adam Scott and Shane Lowry. Um, Adam Scott, you know, great major championship performer. Shane Lowry, everybody loves um, just because, like, how can you not love Shane Lowry? Um, And then the guy I want, though, I don't think he's going to be super highly owned. I like Hideki Matsuyama. Um, He has been sneaky playing some good golf lately. Um, You know, 16th at the Masters this year, 29th at the PGA, uh, and then 16th in his last event at the Memorial. Really the Memorial, he kind of just gave it away on Saturday with a few shots that found the water. I I really think he could have finished better than 16th um, in a different world. But I I just really like how Hideki's playing golf. Um, You know, a lot of the pundits are comparing this course to Augusta National. You know who always plays well at Augusta National? Hideki, he's 1-1. So um, Hideki Matsuyama is going to be my group three pick, and I do think that he will accomplish my goal of being a little bit different um, for that group Um, because, you know, group one and group two, I might have been a little bit predictable going with Brooks and with Morikawa. All right, so let's go group four now. So group four, Chris Kirk, Billy Horschel, Brian Harmon, Ryan Fox, Harris English, Nick Taylor, Ricky Fowler, Seamus Power, Patrick Reed, K.H. Lee, Adrian Moronk, and Taylor Moore. So I'll start off group four here. Um, I am going to go, again, I'm going to be a little bit different. I don't think anybody's going to pick, pick this guy because I think everybody hates him, and that's Patrick Reed. Yeah, everybody, hates um, him. everybody hates Patrick Reed. So, <laughs> you know, even casual golf fans, they're not going to rush to pick Patrick Reed be, just because they don't like him. <laughs> um, you know, he is on the live tour, so we don't exactly have great numbers to quantify for Patrick Reed right now. But, you know, he did finish fourth at this year's Masters. He did finish 18th at this year's PGA. He's always been a guy who tends to show up in the majors. So I like Patrick Reed as my group four pit. Zach, where were you leaning for group four? Yeah, I'm actually going to go a different route here. I think he might be picked pretty frequently. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Ricky Fowler here. Um, you know, back-to-back top 10 finishes. He missed the cut at the PGA Championship. I'm willing to forgive that one, though. That one was – he missed that on the number. If I remember correctly, he had a putt on 18 that would have made it. That's right, um, yeah. So I'm willing to forgive that one a little bit. And his other ones are top 15, top 10 finishes as well coming into this year. It's going to be popular. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking, too, is we're not looking for guys to win the whole thing in these yeah. group four through sixes. We're looking for guys who are going to shoot low – who are going to build our numbers to help us win this pool. 
Um, these guys, they can finish in the top 15. They can finish in the top 50. We're not looking for them to be, you know, our one, two, and three guys. We're just looking for them to be successful and make the cut. I do think he gives you a level of safety with that pick that a lot of other guys in this group do not. So I, I do like to call Ricky Fowler. You just got to understand going in, when you pick a guy like Ricky Fowler, who the public knows and loves, um, he's going to be very popular. Now, I mentioned earlier how my wife has had a lot of success in this pool, which goes to show you, um, you don't have to do all of the research or you know look at all the numbers to, to do well because um, you know she did very well at uh, the PGA this year. And you know she had Scotty Scheffler, she had Brooks Kepka, uh, and then she picked Ricky Fowler because she thought that he was cute when she was younger. So, um, you know, he ended up missing the cut. But, you know, you, you don't have to have a baseline of knowledge to, to do well in these things. So um, let's go ahead and move on to group five now. So group five is, I think this one's kind of a mess as well. Um, it's Matt Kuchar, Cam Davis, Lucas Herbert, Mito Pereira, Abraham Answer, J.T. Poston, Keith Mitchell, Victor Perez, Thomas Peters, Aaron Wise, Andrew Putnam, and Alex Norn. Zach, what do you make of that mess? Yeah, it's a lot of unique, different people in that pool um, group. I am actually going to go with uh, Mito Pereira here. Mm -hmm. I think he's uh, I think he's due for one. And of the group five grouping, it was either him or J.T. Poston. Um, I've always picked Poston, but he always, you know. Never, a, never gives me enough to want to come back to. Yeah, him. he not really a great track record at majors for JT Post. Definitely not. But Mito, I'm excited to kind of see what he did, uh, does this weekend again with what he did last year, um, kind of struggling at the very end, but pushing back and trying to, you know, stay successful throughout the year. I mean, golf. If you're in your head, you know, it's a wrap. So just staying focused and on par. I think he could. Uh, think he can shake a few heads this year. Yeah, I like Mito for this group as well. Like, just looking at the list of guys, I think he has by far the highest ceiling um, of anybody in this group. I think that Cam Davis is probably, like, the high-risk, high-reward play uh, from this group. Um, Abraham Answer, I think, is a little bit high-risk, high-reward as well. Um, Mito will probably be popular, but I think that's okay if you're looking at a scenario where, like, I don't know, I don't see all 12 of these guys making the cut, so... If you do pick Mito and he is popular, but like only three of the golfers in this group make the cut, you're still getting a leg up on everybody else who had a guy who didn't make the cut. So um, I, I think that's a place where I'm willing to, you know, pick somebody who's a little bit calm. Okay, so group six, I am not going to read off on here because group six is pretty much the field. Um, so everybody who has not been named yet. So um, out of everybody who has not been named yet for, for group six, my pick for group six is going to be Dustin Johnson. So, you know, I mentioned how this tournament is, or this pool is based off of the OWGR. I'm taking up a little advantage of the OWGR here because Dustin Johnson played on live. He is not currently a, um, you know, a, a very high ranking golfer just because of you know, playing on live. He hasn't been earning OWGR points. And I think when you look at this group, I think he has got a lot of winning upside. Uh, he's from California. He's won a U.S. Open before. Granted, I do think he'll be a little bit popular, but I'm willing to do that with a guy who I think is better than the rest of group six. So Zach, who are you thinking for group six? Yeah, I'm going to go with a fun person for this group six mm -hmm. here that people hate to love or love to hate. I think We're I know exactly go where you're with, going. Uh, 
Bryson DeChambeau here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with this year, he's averaging a drive of 344.4 yards per drive. And I think uh, this course is pretty short. Finishing fourth at the PGA Championship, missing the cut at the Masters. I think he's going to bounce back and be just fine. Um, you know, I haven't really been following the live tournament too much, but I know he's been up there in quite a few of those tournaments. He's been playing well in the last He few. has been. And... Um, I'm just excited to kind of see what he does this week. As long as the ball stays straight and he's hitting, you know, the putts he needs, I think he's going to be just fine, Mm -hmm. especially in a group six setting like this one. Yeah, especially where, you know, we're kind of taking advantage of the rules here, but also not really because, like, they're in the group. Exactly. So, um, you know, with Bryson and and Dustin, I do think they're probably the two most talented guys sitting here in the group. I I do think um, if you're looking to be a little bit more contrarian, there are some options. Patrick Rogers, good U.S. Open track record, plays well in California. Um, Eric Cole playing some great golf. Gary Woodland, U.S. Open champion. So, you know, if I look at it on, you know, when when I submit my picks later on tonight, if I end up thinking about it and decide that maybe, you know, everybody is going to pick Dustin, maybe I do need to be a little bit different. I do have plenty of options here in group six um, to do so. Um, you know, just like with, you know, when you do an NCAA tournament bracket pool, um, you know, when you play DFS contests, you got to still get your guys, but you also got to be unique because it's not going to matter if you get your guys, if everybody else has your guys also. All right. So that does it for the U.S. Open bets, drafts, and pools. Zach, I do have one last question for you though. How do you think we would do at LACC? <laughs> Uh, with those roughs, I'd probably shoot about a 200. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, especially playing from the U.S. Open tees, I would struggle. Um, yeah. it, some of those par threes, I might not be reaching with driver. Um, and I, I, I do not want to be playing shots from the Barranca. Um, I think if we played, we would probably, like, make a rule on the first tee. All right, you get a drop out of the bracket. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> um, I don't want any part of messing with that. But anyway, Zach, really enjoyed having you on. Really good job on the picks. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. And uh, we'll do this again real soon. All right. And so, everybody, I hope you guys got some good information, got some good tools to help you make some good bets, um, to make some good drafts, to win your office pools. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next week.